Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. Join us now as Pastor Keith shares today's message. Well, good morning, Dogwood Church. How are you? Everybody good? Got a few folks coming on in? Good, good. Lord, fill up the house. The preaching gets better. And it shouldn't, but it does. I'm sorry. Uh, So there you go. And um, we are in our second uh, Sunday of our seven Sundays of our Miracle of Mercy uh, campaign. And uh, we, I'm hoping that you We had a great start. I hope you're enjoying it. We had life groups uh, meeting all across our church, all across our community, in homes, here on our campus, uh, at businesses, in offices, in restaurants, in backyards. Uh, I think a couple of guys formed a two-man group and been riding around in a pickup truck with a cup of coffee talking about these things. I don't know how they're doing that. But anyway, uh, you know, guys know how you do that. You know, it's easy to talk. Guys have an easier time talking because you don't have to look at each other when you're talking about serious stuff. If you can just ride around, that's the way it works, isn't it, Jimmy? I think that was discovered down around Pine Mountain somewhere. And so... um, Great responses, good reports from what God's doing. I hope you're enjoying the daily uh, devotions we provided for you in your workbook, in your Miracle of Mercy workbook, uh, to develop the habit of the daily uh, quiet time uh, with God. Uh, I'm doing those along with you. I hope you're enjoying the Scripture memory that we're doing all together, kids through adults, one verse a week. Uh, We started last week in developing that very powerful spiritual habit that God uses to transform our hearts and character from the inside uh, all the way out. In fact, uh, I'm going to introduce the church-wide memory verse for this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It's going to be on the screen, I believe. Do we have that one? 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Yeah, there we go. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Now, I'm going to protect the guilty here. This couple's in the service, but yesterday one couple uh, uh, turned to me and, and uh, saw that verse, love does not keep a record of wrongs, and the wife said, if he'll stop doing wrong, I'll stop keeping records. And, uh, you know, it, that, that would work, but uh, uh, let me know how that goes. So, uh, uh, but that's our verse for the week, so... Work that one into your heart. Last week we began by asking the question, when do I need God's mercy? And there are many, 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 many instances and circumstances uh, in which we find ourselves where we would need God's mercy. But we drilled down on just one of those. Now, it was a big one, and that is when we are ashamed. That is when we are full of shame and guilt, and we're embarrassed about it. Maybe it's even a, we're publicly humiliated. You know, you know, our spouse knows it, our kids know it, our friends know it, our, you know, and you could be a public figure and the whole world know it. Uh, you know, one of your well-meaning persons posted on Facebook in a prayer request. There you go. And, um, uh, but we find ourselves ashamed because of our genuine, our sin, what, something we've said, things we've thought, things we We've done uh, sometimes over many, many years. We find ourselves ashamed. We need God's mercy. And we discovered that God's mercy, in God's mercy, He doesn't condemn us. He also doesn't condone us. He confronts us. But He confronts us how? 
gently, gently, because it's the, His kindness that leads us to repentance, Scriptures say. He, God's so big, He doesn't have to lower the boom. He just, you know, it's kind of a nudge from God. Is That's enough. He confronts us gently, and then He cleanses us and f- forgives us and frees us for a new ending. In, in life to live differently. Well, I want to drill down a little bit more on that forgiveness part today. And the title of the talk today is Mercy Forgives. God's mercy forgives. Jesus dealt with this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 in the Sermon on the Mount. We In what we call the Our Father or the Model Prayer or the Lord's Prayer when He taught us to pray this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And there we find that that God's mercy of for, expressed in forgiveness has two sides to it. There is, there is God forgiving us of our sins when we need forgiving, and then there is our forgiving others when they have wounded us, when they have sinned against us, when they have um, harmed us. In one, uh, in this miracle of mercy, it brings freedom in, in the way of we receive God's mercy. He forgives me. Uh, the other miracle of mercy says, I works in us, and we say, I forgive you. Now, we're only going to deal with the first of those today, first of the two-sided coin of God's mercy uh, and forgiveness, of God's mercy forgiving us. Now, in your life group this week, I've recorded a video lesson that goes to the other half of, okay, not, not everything about it, but our the issue of how God's mercy turns us into people who have the capacity to show mercy to other people. In, in the form of forgiveness. Now, that'll happen in your life group, so buckle up, put on, buckle your chin strap on that one, uh, but it's, uh, it's good. So here's our working definition of mercy. It's on the screen. Uh, I want you to work this into your soul. Mercy is undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. God's undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness toward us, His putting it in our hearts and our ability to express the very same thing, undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness toward other people. So how does this work? How does this work? We're going to jump right into it today, and here it is. Mercy, first of all, means that God forgives me. Mercy, first of all, means God forgives you. And that is good news because we need it. God is willing to give you a new start. He's willing to give you a clean slate. He's willing to remove the stain and the sin of your, uh, of your debt. He's willing to set you free. Uh, one, one writer said this, That's the goodest good news that was ever good. Pretty good. That's the goodest good news that was ever good. But as I've been hanging around church for a few years, I've discovered that we have a problem. Those, those of us, let me talk to those of you, most of you in here probably, the majority at least, have already trusted Jesus as your forgiver and leader, your Lord and Savior, uh, to, to forgive you of your sins, pay the penalty for your sins, give you His gift of eternal life, reconcile you to God the Father, you, you've been, however your tradition said it, Dave Iyer says you got saved. One was you were born again. One, you received Christ. You became a Christian. You began to follow Jesus. All of those mean the same, same thing, right? Got it? Got it? So, so to those of you who have already done so, here's our problem. We get used to the fact. 
we become used to this good news. It becomes too familiar to us. Uh, we just get used to it. And, and some of you might be saying, well, yeah, I mean, I already know that. Tell me something I don't know. I don't know that. I know that. And so we want to move on to something else rather than, than being find ourselves in the grip of the greatest spiritual reality that actually changes everything about our past, our present, and our future. But certainly our present, we, we, we just get used to it. Well, yeah, you know, God's mercy forgives me. Yeah. So let me ask you, I want to get real. So here's where I want to go with this. Let me get to the personal side of this question, and it is this one. Do you feel forgiven this morning? Not just is it the fact, not just do you know, well, the Bible said that God will forgive me and I trusted in Jesus and He's, you know, I'm, I'm forgiven. But do you feel forgiven right now? Do you feel forgiven or do you feel guilty? Do you feel shame? Do you still spend your time looking back uh, on all those things you said, those things you thought, those things you've done over a long period of time? You say, I understand, Pastor, that forgiveness is a fact, whether I feel it or not, but I'm bothered still. I still feel guilty. I simply do not feel forgiven. People will say, I know, Pastor, that God's forgiven me, but I just can't forgive myself. Some of you ever said that? What you're saying is, I don't feel forgiven. When you say, I can't forgive myself, what you're really saying is, I, don't, I know God's forgiven me because that's what they say, but I don't feel forgiven. I'm not, you're not enjoying your forgiveness. You still feel guilty. That's a problem when you don't feel forgiven. Have you, have you ever heard anybody say, did anyone walk up to you uh, at the coffee pot this morning or out on the patio and say, good to see you, I feel so forgiven today? Did, it, did a single person say that? Probably not. Why not? That's what we're here celebrating, this thing that Christ has done. Do you feel forgiven today? Because not only can, you probably should be be saying that. Forgiveness is not just a theological fact. It is a genuine experience of the mercy of God in our hearts and lives that creates a deep emotion of joy and peace and freedom. It creates an emotion. God created us to be emotional beings. We are emotional beings. That's not, uh, now, our emotions do not run our faith. They do not drive our faith. They are affected by our faith. And, and, and it, cre it is a genuine experience of God's mercy in our lives that produces a deep emotion uh, when it sinks deeply into our hearts. Now, when we feel guilty, we tend to avoid God. But when we feel forgiven, we tend to run to God but out of gratitude and love for Him because we've experienced His love and His grace. So how do, how do we solve that problem? That's what we're going to do today. I want to solve this problem for you. You ready? So grab a pen, uh, take your bulletin, the note sheet there. There are four things I want to teach you that if you let them grip your hearts, you will begin not only to acknowledge that, well, I guess I'm forgiven, you will begin to enjoy your forgiveness and feel uh, forgiven. And so you can, you can feel forgiven if you will first of all understand and accept by faith that in God's mercy, number one, God wants 
to forgive you. God wants to forgive you. He wants, God was not forced into it. He chose to do it because of His love. He didn't have to do it. I mean, one of the ways, just one now, just one of the ways to enjoy your forgiveness by, and feel forgiven is to recognize, to admit how God feels. Now, let's talk about God in terms of emotions. You know, God has feelings too. Just write that down. God has feelings too. It's all through the Scriptures. He expresses His emotions, telling you how He feels. How He feels, not just how He thinks, how He feels about forgiving you and me. He doesn't have to. He chose to. Look at Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17. You are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in faithful love. He is always ready to forgive you. He wants to forgive you. God is not reluctant to forgive you. He loves forgiving you. He's full of love and mercy, slow to anger, rich in faithful love. He is a forgiving God. Look at this one, Micah, the little book of Micah in the Old Testament. The prophet Micah wrote these words, chapter 7, verse 18, and he wrote it to God as a prayer. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever but delight to show mercy. I mean, circle that word delight in the Scriptures there. You delight to show mercy. He wants to show mercy. He delights to show mercy to you. He delights. It is fun. He can't wait. It's one of His favorite things to do every day is to show mercy to people who don't deserve it, who have not earned it. God wants to show you mercy. He wants to forgive you. Uh, And so... Grasp this. Once you start, begin by getting a hold of this truth, you can start to feel forgiven. And you can also feel forgiven if you'll grasp the truth that in God's mercy, number two, God freely forgave you. And God freely forgives you. He freely, think about this word freely. Uh, There is not, now I talked about this two weeks ago. In the Sermon on the Mount, when we wrapped it up, our flipped series, Lessons from the Sermon on the Mount, that there's no way that we can earn God's forgiveness. It cannot be earned. No one can put God in their debt. Now, I have people come to me sometimes, usually it's when they've decided they're going to disobey God. Most of the time, it's when they've decided to, to, to leave their husband or their wife. That's just... Most of the time, this is the way it works. And they'll just say, now, I prayed about it. And I say, why? You don't have to pray about sinning. You know, well, I prayed about it. So, you know, I prayed about it. And I, and I you know, I, I know that God doesn't want me to do this, but I'm so tired of people, I know but in me. They do it all the time. I know but. Yes, but. You know, good grief. I know but. But God will just have to forgive me. That's what they say. Well, no, he doesn't. You can't, God doesn't have to do anything. Let's, let's get this right. We hadn't done this lesson in a while. God is God. Say that with me. God is God and I am not. Yeah, let's keep that straight. 
See, we have to do some things. He doesn't. He doesn't. And so uh, he, he, this cannot be earned. No one can put God in their debt. But it's such a great gift because he freely gives it. Look at this passage, Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 from the Living Bible. Say this, Yes, all have sinned. All fall short of God's glorious ideal. Yet, now God declares us not guilty of offending Him if we trust in Jesus Christ. Remember, that, that's if we trust in Jesus, if we place our faith in Jesus, if we repent of our sins, uh, surrender our lives to Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. If we trust in Jesus, He declares us not guilty. Who in His kindness, here's the word, freely takes away our sins. He, it is, he freely forgives us. Now, it is free to us, but it was not free to God. It was not cheap to God. It cost the Lord Jesus everything. It cost Him everything. It is the mo- our free, the free mercy of God to you and me is the most costly gift ever purchased. The most costly, it cost Jesus separation from God the Father as He took the punishment of my sin and your sin and the sin of the world uh, on His shoulders. He took the full punishment. It was incredibly costly, but He offers it freely to you and me when we trust in Him, when we admit that we need it and can't earn it and don't deserve it and say, Lord, have mercy. He says, good, just what I was, uh, got it. You've got it. It is free to us. Now, what would keep someone from receiving such a wonderful gift? Two things. Number one, they don't believe it. You don't believe it. But keep opening yourself up to God. So I don't believe it. It couldn't possibly be true. Well, let me ask you a question. How much, how much, what percentage of total knowledge do you possess? One percent? That'd be a little prideful there, wouldn't it? One percent of total knowledge. Some of you people that are way smarter than me, what's the right? They're saying that uh, total knowledge of humanity is doubling every how many years now? I don't know. It's massive what we're discovering. How much, what percentage of total knowledge do you possess? Is it not possible that Jesus could exist and this could be true in that 99% of total knowledge you do not currently possess? Yes, logically that is true. That is so. And so if you don't believe it yet, that's okay. Just open yourself up to the possibility. Second, though, is that you believe it, but that you think you don't deserve it as much as some of these other people in here do. So we can cure that right quick. I want you to turn to the person seated nearest you that you don't know and tell them how sorry and no count you are. Go ahead right now. Not really. (laughs) Wow, they were eager to do this. I've been waiting to tell somebody how rotten my heart is. Yes. Yeah, you know, again, you can't earn this. Uh, Your sinfulness and sorriness may be greater in practice than many of the other people here. It may be, but that doesn't matter. It's not greater than the grace of God. It's not greater than the mercy of God. Last week we sang a song that I really like when we sing. And I, I'm not going to, Sean, I'm not going to get the chorus right. You might just have to pop up and sing it. Sorry, but uh, uh, our worship, uh, our singers might get this. It's that song where we start singing, uh, sin was great, but Jesus was greater. Remember that one? 
Uh-huh. My dad, when he died, when he was dying, he said, I got this little blue notebook. It's got everything in there, all the finances. No, oh, by the way, my funeral service is in the back. So I went home and went and found the drawer, and sure enough, he had there. And he wanted to open the service with the old hymn, Grace Greater Than All Our Sin. It is. I don't care how rotten you are. It's not, you're not, your sin is not bigger than the mercy and grace of God in Christ Jesus. And He, can, and he freely uh, forgives us. So as we talk about this, you, the way you get this is you, tr- you repent of your sin and you trust in Jesus. You follow Jesus. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that in just a little bit. In just a little bit. And so uh, you can stop letting the shame and the memory of your past haunt you because when when we are touched by the mercy of God he replaces our shame and our guilt and our fear with peace and grace and his love he does so you can enjoy your forgiveness if you'll remember and acknowledge that God wants to forgive you that he freely forgives you and here's a third if you'll grasp and remember in his mercy God immediately forgives you. He immediately forgives you. It's not like God says to you, you know, now that particular one, that particular sin right there, mm, that one's bad. So you need to go swallow in that one about a week. I think I need you to suffer for about a week and then you come back and we'll talk about forgiveness. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. You know, could you come back next Sunday and we'll take care of it then. But man, whew, what were you thinking? You know, you need to... You need to you feel bad about that a little bit longer. Uh, and then I'll forgive you. No, 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 no. He doesn't. The reason that it is immediate is because Jesus has already died for your sins on the cross. He's already paid for it. He died on the cross. And when we come to Him in repentance and trust, He immediately forgives us. Now let me talk about those of you who are Christians. But since you've become a Christian, you say, what do I do with my sins that I commit now that I'm a Christian. Well, you kind of follow the same thing. You, do, you, you just you, you deal with them because he still convicts us. He does not allow us to be disobedient children. Some of you are Christians and you have, are now and have been living in an ongoing, long-term pattern of habitual and intentional, on purpose, disobedience to Christ. You're being, knowing, doing th- th- something, uh, some lifestyle that... That you've know, you know. Jesus says, "No, no, this is not pleasing to me." But you continue in it. What do you? And so, how do how do you feel? Well, you feel guilty. Why? Cause you are. This, you know, you don't need to go see a counselor. I'm him right now. You are guilty. That's why God's tapping on your heart, saying, "What, son? What are you doing? Daughter, what are you doing? You're hurting yourself. Now, come, come home." Come home. Well, you respond to that. You respond to that, and and he will immediately uh, forgive you. Look at this. Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, God is merciful and quick to forgive. Not next week, not tomorrow. Quick to forgive. And so as someone, if you are a follower of Jesus already and you disobey the Lord, should you ever feel guilty? Well, listen, don't, not too quick. If you're, a, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're already a child of God, but you intentionally disobey God, should you ever feel guilty about that? 
Yes. How long? Only as long as until you repent. Now, how's that, Ed? that work? That works, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, sure it does. Yeah, because he's, cause he's saying, oh, whoa, nope, nope, come on. And we, in, in repentance and gratitude, admit our sin, turn back to Him. It's like, a, it's like a, a, when a warning light, a red light, or a, or a caution light comes on on the dashboard of your car that something is, something's wrong and you're on a trip, how long do you continue driving with that warning light on? Next exit. But some of you have been driving with those lights on for weeks, haven't you? Why are you doing it? And so every time you get in the car, you go, no, I hope I make it to where I'm going to wonder what this is. You know, and you're, you're not enjoying the trip, are you? It tends to hinder the trip. There's a warning light. And you just, why do you keep... No, you wisely, those who do, wisely stop, get help. Find out what's wrong, get it fixed. God's Holy Spirit, in the life of the believer, when all of a sudden the, the guilt light comes on, it's, the Bible word is conviction. It is called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's tapping on our hearts and He says, Oh, something's wrong. Let's stop, stop and come to me. Let's fix it. And he gives us the pattern. Here it is, the little verse, 1 John, jot this down. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I talk about this frequently. It's God's bar of soap, God's spiritual bar of soap. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, speaking to believers, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You turn your eyes to the cross in, in an attitude of repentance, tell, yes, Lord, I agree with you that I have disobeyed you. I'm sorry. Would you now forgive me and cleanse me? Boom, he does so immediately. And he has done that for you if you have come to him for forgiveness. And so you can enjoy your forgiveness if you'll remember and, 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 and grasp the reality that in God's mercy, he wants to forgive you. He freely forgives you. He immediately forgives you. And number four, that He completely forgives you. Absolutely, totally forgives you. Look at this passage, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Again, two weeks ago, we unpacked this one a little bit. God forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. How many of you uh, every month have to pay some bills? Yeah, that was fun. And, uh, you know, that's coming up. Now, when, when you have a bill to pay, after you have paid those bills, you had, the, you had the cash available to do it, you paid the bill, you sent it off, the, the company was paid. Uh, how long do you remember that particular bill? Do you, do, you, do you take some time? Do you stop and say, let's, let's go back. Honey, let's take a night. Let's go out to dinner and take the bill of the, the, the folder of last year's receipts for a water bill. And let's just go back over those and look at them. Oh, isn't this? Uh, let's, uh, oh, I'm worried about them. Do you think it, do you worry about those any longer? Good, good. <laughs> Because you should, you shouldn't. Um, if some of you are, we've got another class for you, and so uh, we shouldn't worry about those. How long do you remember it? Well, 
God has canceled the debt of your sin. Why are you going back and remembering that? And worrying over it? Feeling guilty about it? Listen to this. The prophet Micah in his writings, chapter 7, verse 19, said it this way. Speaking to God, you will have mercy on us again. You will conquer our sins. You will throw away all our sins into the deepest part of the sea. That's a, now, I've not been down there, but some of you guys that know stuff tell me it's pretty deep. That's, a, that's putting them way down there. Listen, uh, jot down this reference and let me read it to you. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah penned these words in his writings in chapter 43, verse 25. He's recording the words of God, and here's what God says. It is I who sweep away your transgressions for my own sake. I mean, he likes to do it. It makes him feel good for my own sake. And remember your sins no more. God says, I will remember your sins no more. If God has even forgotten your spiritual bill, why are you remembering it? What he's saying here, imagine this, is one day when you close your eyes here and you open them there in God's presence and uh, have an audience with our Lord and Savior Jesus, and if you walked up to Him and, and said, Lord, you're feeling pretty good about being there, and you said, you know, I just, do you, there was this, you know, there was prom night. Do you remember prom night, Lord? You know, say, what? What? You know, I don't believe I remember that. Now, he doesn't say that he can't remember it. He says he will not. I'm going to plunge your... The record of your sins is the deepest part of the sea, and I will remember your sins no more. If God has forgiven your sins, and if He has forgotten them and, and, and put them in your past, shouldn't you? Shouldn't you? If God has completely annulled them, shouldn't you recognize the grace of forgiveness of His mercy? See, God is not out to get you. God is out to free you and renew you and forgive you. So stop feeling so stop feeling that God's punishing you. Now, some of you are living with the consequences of your sin. One of the reasons, if you find every prohibition, in every moral and ethical and spiritual prohibition in the Scriptures... Uh, there are several reasons that God says, don't, do not. One is for His glory. We don't want to offend our loving Heavenly Father. But second is for your own good, because He knows if you take, if you say or think or do these things, it sets, it sets in motion some consequences naturally that are going to hurt you. Anytime God says, no, don't, He's saying, don't play in the street. Don't hurt yourself. Now, all of us are living with some of the consequences of our disobedience to God. You know, many times He even 
saves us from the consequences. But not always. And not all the time. I've still got every now and then, I, if I turn a certain way spiritually, I get a, I got a little stitch. I got some scars, spiritual scars on my soul. They're leftovers that I created in my own life from my own disobedience. God all the time saying, no, don't. I'm, I'm just jumping in this into the pool for a minute. So God's not punishing you. You may have some suffering in your life, but it's just leftovers from your own sinfulness. He's not punishing you. He's not out to get you. He's out to forgive you and redeem you and cleanse you and forgive you and fill you with His joy. Now, as I'm talking about this, some of you are thinking right now, this just doesn't seem right. I know what I've done, and I don't deserve this, and I know what some of these other people that I'm looking at in here have done who say they're forgiven. Doesn't seem right, does it? Well, if you're feeling that way, that's, that's okay because it's not right. The truth of the matter is this is not right. We are not talking about justice here. We're talking about mercy. Undeserved forgiveness. Unearned kindness of God toward you and me. God could have exercised justice for every one of us, but boy, we'd be in trouble then. Rather, he said, I'll pay the power. Justice is served because I'm paying the penalty on the cross. So justice is served. I'm now offering you mercy. I'm offering you mercy. And remember last week we saw this verse, James 2.13. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God's mercy triumphs over judgment. So why don't you ask Him for it? Pray with me. I want to speak to those of you, first of all, who have never asked for God's mercy to forgive you. You've not been a Christian. You've not been a believer. You've not been a follower of Jesus. But you may be ready now. Others of you might not quite be ready. You're still checking out the claims of Christ. That's okay, too. Just keep coming back, would you? We'll keep explaining it. This is a good place for you. But some of you are ready. And I want to walk you through a prayer. A commitment, not just a prayer, but a commitment. A fundamental commitment of your life to Christ. And you can begin from your heart by admitting honestly to Jesus your own sin, your own sinful rebellion against His authority in your life. That you've been living in revolt over His leadership of your life and that you've sinned, and that you need a Savior. Tell Him in your own words. And then in your own words, tell Him that you believe He is that Savior, that He did die on the cross in your place, for you, because of you and your sins. And that He rose from the dead, proving He had the power to do so. That you believe He is that Savior and He's paid the price. And would you ask Him to apply that to you personally? Would you tell Him that you want Him to be your Savior? that To forgive your sins, to come into your heart and in life? Tell Him in your own words. And then tell Him 
that you want to surrender control as best as you understand it of your life and your eternity into His hands, that you now belong to Him, that He is your God, He is your boss, He is your Lord, He is your leader of your life, that He is your King, your ultimate authority. Now, for those of you who are believers, but you've been living in intentional patterns of disobedience without repentance, you've been a disobedient child, why don't you just repent and return? Tell Him, because He's eager to forgive. Confess your sin to Him and say, Lord, would you take me back? I'm recommitting my life to you. And then for those of you who've just been feeling guilty, Here's your homework. These four statements, these affirmations, read these as a prayer to the Lord Jesus every day this next week. Lord, because of your mercy, you want to forgive me. You have freely forgiven me. You have immediately forgiven me. You have completely forgiven me. Thank you. Read these as affirmations every day to the Lord. So Lord, thank you for hearing these prayers. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Now here's what I want you to do. Take that communication card that you filled out earlier. And for those of you who prayed to receive Christ for the very first time, check that statement that says, Today I ask Jesus into my heart. That's what that means. I've got a packet of information I want to send you called a Getting Started with Christ packet to help you now begin to understand Jesus, understand His forgiveness, and live a life of enjoying your forgiveness. Now, many of you might have made what we called when I was growing up a recommitment of my life to Christ. You've been disobedient for a long time, but you're coming back. I don't have a block for you to check. And so here's what I want you to do. If just up here under... Prayer requests, if you'd write the word recommitment or rededication, I'll know what that means. And I did a series of talks several years ago uh, describing my own journey of coming back to Christ, of rededication, and it's called How to Come Back to God. And I'll, uh, I'll dig those things out and make a copy for, for you and send it to you. Uh, to help you get back on the road and stay there. Is that a deal? Just write rededication or recommitment, one of those words, and we'll figure that out. This is a surprise. It might take me a while, but we'll get those to you. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you'd like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword Dogwood to 779-77 or click the Give link online. You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video, and more.